Bringing you now to the LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. Well, hey everyone, it's Christine and Brandon here again, bringing you everything that is happening in the world of location-based entertainment. March has finally arrived. Well, it doesn't look like it for me because it is absolutely snowy outside. It's supposed to rain in March, isn't it? April? Oh no, April. I'm, I'm a month ahead of myself. <laughs> it's never supposed to rain in March here, but you know, whatever. We have we have no clouds in the sky at all right now. So it's, oh my yeah. gosh, it's so beautiful there. I'm so jealous. <laughs> anyway, we are going to tackle this month because it's going to be fun and exciting, and we're going to Vegas and lots of good things happening. Anyway, let's jump right in. Uh, yeah, what are we starting awesome. with today? <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, so speaking of going to Vegas, uh, I'm actually going to be out Monday, Tuesday. Mm. So, you know, Art. Christine's going to be solo. And and so Ooh. I'll be in Vegas for the IAPA North America Summit and getting a chance to do some behind the scenes tours of the Sphere and getting to watch a show there and as well as a bunch of other attractions that we're going to be going around to. I'm pretty sure Area 15 is going to be on that list. But uh, I don't know. I'm looking forward to hanging out with a bunch of IAPA people and learning a little bit more about this industry. But in San Diego... Chuck E. Cheese is launching its first ever membership program, and they are looking to roll out to additional markets this year. So it's available in three tiers. So here's their little promotion. You can actually go and check this out, chuckecheese.com slash memberships. But again, remember, you can only get a membership in San Diego. They're doing a pilot test there to see how, how well it does. But they have three different levels. And this really comes because they had their summer fun pass that was really popular over the last three years. And so they're like, okay, well, maybe we can expand this from just the summer to doing a full year. And they have three different levels. And there wasn't a good way for me to be able to capture this. So I'll just read through them here. Uh, The bronze level is eight bucks a month. Silver is 12 and gold is $30 a month, which felt like a big jump to go from silver to gold as far as the dollar amount is concerned. And what you get with these is a number of play points varying, obviously, depending on your level. So play points are basically their, their, their credits to go play the games. Um, So you get a, you, everybody gets a card in the family. So each kid in the family gets a game card. And then every month, these play points are loaded up automatically onto the card. You also get a thousand e-tickets. So I'm reading off the gold level. So the gold is 300 play points, a thousand e-tickets that you can go and redeem at the prize wall and then 50% discount on food, drink, and extra play points at every visit. So uh, it really is a significant discount by paying that $30 a month on their F&B. I mean, imagine you're taking your whole family out, you're going to get some pizza, 50% off on that pizza for just paying $30 a month for your whole family. It does mm-hmm. seem like a pretty good deal. I think the one thing that I didn't like about this model, and maybe this is why I want to ask you, Christine, because maybe I'm just I'm sure I'm thinking about this the wrong way. I don't like the fact that they load up tickets for the prize wall on my card. Yeah. Well, I struggle with like memberships. It's funny because I remember when people started offering memberships years ago and people were like, you can't offer memberships. You're driving your price too low. This doesn't work. And the only way that you could really make a membership work is if you had other things that you could sell that customer when they were in your facility. So you weren't giving them gameplay. You weren't giving them redemption tickets. You were driving them there because you knew that they were going to buy in your arcade and redeem points when they were there. And that was your kind of like your upsell or your gravy Mm -hmm. on top. Right. So it made sense if you could drive that repeat business back again and again again. 
Um, because I mean, what we find typically with memberships is people tend to either really abuse them or never use them. And I don't know if that's changed through COVID if the people do things differently now, but I know that's what we saw pre COVID, but I'm with you on, I'm surprised that they're putting points on there, but you know, what's interesting. Sorry. Just one last thing about this is that last Chuck E. Cheese promotion that we were talking about last week where they're doing the $50 million giveaway. That's what they're doing as well. They're giving points away for people to come in and redeem for toys. Yeah, I, I, I just find that really interesting. I, I'm uh, That's fine because really, I mean, what is Chuck E. Cheese? You go play games and you eat, you eat pizza, right? Like that's what Chuck E. Cheese is. So I get that you, okay, for membership, what are you going to do? You got to give them something for their gameplay and some discounts yeah. in the F&B, but like then give them, give them more play points or something and not the, like let them earn their prizes. And I also think just from a cost stamp, and I'm sure they've done all of their financial modeling, but when I think about this, I'm like a thousand, a thousand points. I don't know what they can get off the wall, but you know, after I play my 300 points right. and I add that thousand, it's, it's not, it's not Tootsie Rolls, right? It's something going to be a little bit more elevated, but still maybe a you know pretty high margin stuff, right? I'm sure. But then when you also add the 50% discount on the F and B, I think that's where it gets yeah. really like, wow, their margin on their F and B has to be really good. If they're willing to give 50% discount and give away redemption, like hard cost items for a $30 a month subscription for a family. Like what if I'm a family of eight or six? You don't really know anymore. It's a family. Person. It's not per person. No, it's for the family. Something's wrong here. This doesn't dive. That's what I thought, right? So when I, yeah. that's, that's where I was like, I just don't understand no. why, how this There's even no- maths out. There's no way this model works unless you get mass amounts of people through your door and it just doesn't work because then you have mass amounts of people in your facility and people get upset because there's too many people, right? Exactly. I mean, and Chuck E. Cheese's aren't super huge. No, no. And even at $8 a month, so they're bronze, they're their lowest plan, $8 a month, 70 play points, 200 e-tickets to be green to the prize wall and still a 20% discount on food and drinks and everything else. So again, for $8 a month for my yeah. whole family, I'm giving a 20% discount. Mm-hmm. Like if I, if I ordered a $200 meal, I get 20% discount. That's $40 off my F and B for $8 monthly charge. And if I go yes. there every week yes. or, you know, even twice a month, I'm losing money on that membership. Easily. So I don't know what they're trying to do here. No, I just don't weird. really understand it. It is weird. And are they giving discounts on birthday parties too? <laughs> <laughs> no, as far as I can tell, there was no birth, there was no discounts on so, birthday parties. But but you see, this is where it will become a big bone of contention for people because they'll be like, Well, I have the membership and I'm gonna bring four of my kids. I'm not booking a birthday party for 10 with you guys unless you give me a discount on the party, right? Right. Should I get a 30% discount if I'm at the silver level or whatever? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so, I, yeah, I feel like this is just the discounts are too big and I don't like the e-ticket thing. If you want to have the play points and like do a 5, 10, 15% discount or a 5, 10, 20% discount, you know, yeah. like that seems more reasonable for an $8 a month thing. But uh, look, I know everybody wants recurring revenue and it's amazing, but this seems like they're going to lose money enough. on this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we know, we know like the, the fitness gym membership membership works really well because people commit, but you're paying $50 a month typically for something, 50, $60 and, a month. And they're non-consumables. So whether right. somebody comes in or not, like I've got this facility that I'm paying for staff mm-hmm. and it's like a trampoline park, right? So like a trampoline park memberships, you know, or um, th- like those things work because I have, I have, I've just set there right? Like whether there's 300 people in there or 30 people, I have to have the same amount of staff and I don't have any hard goods. This is all on actual hard stuff other than my arcade play, but like redemption and food, 
those that's hard cost items that I'm giving money away. Well, and here, here's the other thing that's really interesting about this is that tweaking in my head is that when did they trial this? Because if they roll this out, they can't pull it back. Right. And, it, well, and, and this is why I think they're trying. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I think they're trialing it in San Diego only. I mean, oh, for now. Okay. So it is just in San Diego, but they mm-hmm. do say they're going to roll out to other locations later this year. So I, I just find it wild. Well, Unless there's maybe like a limited number of things on it, or they start adding more attractions into their facilities that people can just come play. Like they used to have an indoor playground with the tubes and stuff before. And I know they're adding the trampoline. So maybe they add more mm-hmm. of that and you know, there's a balance they can strike there, but yeah, this seems a little bit scary and interesting all at the same time. And I wonder what that says about the brand. I mean, are they in trouble? Are they looking for other ways to fill revenue that they seem to be missing? Cause it seems like a pretty big stretch here. Yeah. I mean, I think that, well, one thing is like, you know, I know we think this about a lot of things, like you just have to try stuff sometimes and you just throw spaghetti on the wall, see if it sticks. And if it sticks then you roll it out, you know? And, and so I think that in some ways they're just trying a bunch of stuff right now and seeing if it works. And so I don't know if it means they're in trouble, but I think, you know, they they definitely are needing to evolve, but uh, yeah, anyway, it's uh, it's kind of bizarre. This and they're potentially wanting to sell, you know, some things are starting to kind of go seem a little bit interesting. That's all. Anyway. Um, Okay. Well, let's move on. <laughs> let's talk about some other stuff. Now, I, I wanted to bring this up. I thought I found this cute little promotion that was going on at the St. Louis University, where they are running this unique twist on fundraising. So the School of Science and Engineering there, together with their entrepreneurship school, is organizing a golf and give event, where students will be able to construct a mini golf using shelf-stable food items. Now, the innovative challenge not only aims to stock up the food pantry at the university, but also foster creativity and teamwork amongst the students. So I have a little video I'm going to bring on screen and we'll share and you can kind of see what they've created. We'll talk about it after. Cool. The students from St. Louis University School of Science and Engineering building a mini golf course. But this was no ordinary course. The students taking part in an innovation challenge and they set up the course inside the ballroom at the Bush Student Center using $200 worth of non-perishable food items. This is also a competition. Uh, So of the 13 student organizations participating, they're all competing for the best mini golf hole. And uh, the winning organization will receive $1,000 of funding that'll go to their organization and the stuff that they do. That is elaborate and such a cool idea. For the price of a donation, other SLU students were invited to play the course and they could vote on their favorite hole. All the food used for the course will be donated to Billiken Bounty. That's the on-campus food pantry for students. That is pretty cool. I've never seen anything like that. Pretty neat. <laughs> so isn't that fun? I, I thought this was such a great initiative. So it's scheduled for, again, I know you heard it. Oh, it was scheduled for the end of February. So it's already happened. But 13 different student organizations got $200 each to create these mini golf holes. And then the students got to come in and play them. And they all voted. I don't know who the winner was. But the winner, the winning team ended up getting $1,000 of funding from the university. But I thought, doesn't this be something neat that you could actually do inside of your facility? Maybe you could create teams and people could come in and you could like create this massive event around it to drive money for the food bank. Oh yeah. No, I immediately, I thought it was like, yeah, this would be, a, this would be awesome to be able to have, especially you do this in your event room or one of your, you know, you could do it in a party room, but if you have a big, you know, bigger side, event room, if it's nice. yeah, oh, or yeah. even the parking, well, cause you gotta, you gotta take time to set it up and design everything else. 
Um, but yeah, great, great idea. And then obviously you bring people in, they're coming in your facility to mm. play this thing. And I'm glad they actually, cause immediately when I saw this, I was like, Oh, I hope they're donating all this food. Like I hope it's like, cause otherwise I'm thinking, Oh my gosh, only in like, you know, the, only in the United States the would be like, <laughs> go buy a bunch of food and then not use it to make a game. But no, I'm so glad that they were donating to the food pantry. And I think it'd be awesome. Great way to raise money for food pantry, raise awareness, have fun and bring people into your center. Yeah, it's mm -hmm. awesome. What a great idea. Mm. Yeah, very, very cool. Awesome. All right. So <laughs> this one, like you would think, I'll start off saying, you would think that this doesn't belong here in the show, but we do talk about other things that sometimes don't. But um, so Honda, yes, the car company, they unveiled a new entertainment experience and it basically combines virtual reality with its Uni One hands-free wheelchair. So here's a little picture of a guy, I don't know, soaring on his on this chair. And, you know, basically... Uh, the the well so first of all the new technology is going to be on view at South by Southwest in Austin coming up next month and well, actually I mean, it's this month so and then in a press release they said that this could be featured at theme parks entertainment facilities and retail spaces around the U S they do have some um, you know, and we'll we'll take a look at this video here they have developed some um, some experiences already with this that take advantage of the motion but basically the whole idea is that. You know, it can you experience like floating or the feeling of gliding along a half pipe path and like it's pretty cool. And so it actually it has advanced self-balancing technology. So basically, if the if the you know, person moves back and forth or forward or whatever, it's like a segue. They can be steered as they shift their body weight. So they can actually inside their VR experience be moving around and actually controlling the direction of the vehicle as well. So this is this gets to your issue sometimes with v, uh, with VR stuff, Christine, where mm -hmm. what's happening on the screen is not what's happening physically. In this yep. case, you're moving around the screen, and the, this thing is moving around with you as well. And so it's actually taking you through that experience. So, yeah, I thought we'd take a look at this video. It's 48 seconds and awesome. we can, we I love can chat it. Yeah, I think this is really neat. I love watching this thing lift off the pedestal. It's the coolest. Okay. And this is XR. So, those are VR goggles. They're XR. Or like, you can see through them. Oh, wow. That's neat. <laughs> this is cool. Yeah. I was just yeah. I was just thinking this would take whirly ball to a whole new level. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Now I don't know how much these things are. I, I couldn't find a price for them because they're just, they're really just unveiling this thing for the first time at South by Southwest. So I don't know what like a pairing of VR with this and, you know, the experiences that they've got layered on top of it are, uh -huh. but they are actively looking for experience designers as well. So they're looking to co collaborate with AR and VR developers to create custom digital experiences for the uni one. So, you know, if you're one of those people and you want to visit Honda's booth at South by Southwest, go check them out and, and see what you can do with this. But I think it's super cool. It is. It's neat. Yeah. It's got lots of legs, lots of potential for sure. Cool, cool. Yeah, and South by South, I forgot South by Southwest is this month. This is going to be a great month. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
let's just keep on that technology trend then, shall we? All right. <laughs> so if you remember last month when I was at CES, I was talking about this transparent TV screen, right? That's there. I'm, I mean, these are so nifty and cool. And really, I thought for displaying art, it makes a whole heck of a lot of sense. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? Put it in the center of the room and you can use it for something like that. Well, Lenovo has just revealed some new tech. It's not available yet, but they are going to be launching soon a new ThinkBook with a transparent display. So this is a 17.3 inch micro LED display that you can literally see through. You can see it here. Imagine sitting at your laptop, being able to peer right through the screen to the world behind it, right? Uh, the display blows up to 55% transparency when not in use, and it performs into a, a or transforms into a fully opaque screen when the pixels light up. So you can make it just go black at the back, or you can make it see through. So, but what's, what's the use of this, right? So on the screen here, here's one idea. Uh, it concludes the concepts of AI object recognition. Now, mind you, the clear screen doesn't have anything to do with this. It could do this on a normal computer, but mm -hmm. it does have mm -hmm. this. So you can see this is a little hummingbird. It's telling you the species of the hummingbird, what type of hummingbird it is. But it also features a flat touch keyboard that doubles as a drawing tablet. And Lenovo believes that this could revolutionize the way that digital artists work, allowing them to trace objects from behind. So you could trace the hand from behind off of the pad or whatever object you put behind there and turn it into a digital canvas without losing sight of the subject that you're actually trying to draw. So I thought this was kind of interesting. Now, I found a company that did a tech review on this, The Verge. So let's take a look at the video hmm. that they have done on it and get their opinion. One second here. All right. Yeah, Verge always has great... It's, it's a great place to go and get reviews. Mm -hmm. oh, a 17.3 inch laptop that basically does what it says on the tin. Now, Tom Cruise and Steven Spielberg have already taught us that transparent screens are cool, but Lenovo is going to have a much harder job on its hands if it wants to convince us that we actually want to see what's going on behind our laptop screens. One of its big ideas is that the transparent thinkbook could be good for digital artists who can make art of what's in front of them without having to peer around a laptop screen to actually see it. That's why this laptop's keyboard doubles as a drawing tablet, so you can doodle away to your heart's content. And while I think having a built-in drawing tablet is a kind of cool idea, I tried typing a couple of test sentences on this thing, and it wasn't super fun. This isn't a laptop you're actually going to be able to buy anytime soon. It's a prototype meant to show off the kinds of ideas Lenovo hopes could maybe make it into a laptop in the future. Just you know, put a real keyboard in it next time. This is the, <laughs> uh, there yeah, you go. <laughs> yeah, that, that was, that would be my issue. I love, you know, an actual tactile keyboard where I can feel like, especially the home keys, right? So you, where my, where my fingers go, like, I don't like, yeah, I, I don't know if I would like being able to just, my fingers would slide everywhere on it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I would be okay with it if it vibrated when my fingers touched it, I need some sort of sensation there. It can't have nothing, you know? But my experience with those types of keyboards is they don't, like he said, they don't type well and you can't like you miss letters and stuff all the time if your finger doesn't hit it properly. Yeah. And, and how fast can you type and like all those things like anyway. So, yeah, it, but I do love the transparent screen. I love that. The, I do like the concept of having a clear like or like a flat thing. It's like, you know, my daughter, she does a lot of art yeah. and she has a separate tablet um, or not, not an actual, not a, like an iPad tablet, but like an actual drawing tablet that's connected and she has it separate and she has to like move her keyboard every time right. if she wants to use it. And like, so I do like the idea of those things being integrated together. I think that's pretty cool. I just don't like the keyboard. So, um, you know, if you're an artist and you're not typing very often, then it's a good, it's a good laptop for you. But if you're, if you're doing a little bit of art and mostly typing, it's probably not the laptop for you. Yes. Well, it is a prototype. So hopefully they'll take the feedback and play around with it and make it better before it's actually launched. 
but that was yep. great. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up our LBX daily show for March 1st, first one in March. Wow. And, uh, I did, I did read somewhere that next leap year, we should call the uh, February, instead of February 29th, we should call it March zero, just so we get to March sooner. So I don't know. Oh. <laughs> just trying to hurry it on. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Cool. Anyway. All right. As usual, stay tuned. Keep kicking ass. Hi guys. <laughs>